0: at the start of the new year so many uh, things that we're going to do and um, one of the things I, I've noticed is be, being a church with vision uh, drawback would be the wrong wrong word for it but one of the, the consequences of being a church of vision is it can be a bit tiring because you're, you're always sort of looking for the next thing that you need and the next thing that, um, that you're going to do and so um, Gordon's word about God coming to us and just saying, well, do you love me? is r- really important to just uh, hear that because actually that's, that's the root of everything else. Uh, we do things because we love him. We, we want things and have vision because he loves us. Uh, so at the heart of it all is, uh, is, is a love relationship uh, with him. I think a- a- another comment is sometimes it's good to just stop and look back Because vision always keeps you moving forward. And that's a good and right thing. But it can be a bit tiring. And sometimes it leads to us not actually stopping and saying, Well, thank you God, you brought us this far. In the Bible, they they stopped and built a pile of rocks every now and again on their journey into the promised land. Uh, They they called one of them Ebenezer. I don't know if anyone's expecting a baby, but it's just a thought. Uh, Ebenezer means... God has helped us this far, which is a great name uh, for a child or a pile of rocks, really. And, and so it's good to sort of look, uh, look back. And uh, I, I just wanted to sort of mark the fact that, that over the, the last 12 months, we, we have actually purchased a building uh, with a cost of over 400000 And that's quite something to say, well, thank you, God. This far, you've helped us because uh, it can almost it can almost seem like it hasn't happened because we're still wanting this and we're wanting that and that's good but it's good to look back and say thank you god you got us this far uh, so j- just a little bit of looking back we purchased a building which is well over four we we've paid architects and engineering and fees for all sorts of funny things like back surveys and digging the hole to see how deep the hole is that you've got to dig and uh, strange things like that. Uh, uh, and all of that cost, I don't know, 17,000 or something, a bit more than that. Uh, but by the end of, I think, next month, we'll have something like 250,000 in our building fund. So we've done all the first bit debt free, uh, praise God, and we've got something like 250,000 for the next phase. So I think it's good just to say thank you, God. So we're expecting a detailed um, decision on the detailed plans in the next week or so. Uh, uh, so that's something to pray uh, for. But as well as thanking God, I just wanted to, um, on behalf of uh, Alex and John and Jim and our, I, who are the team that lead the church, just say thank you as well. Because it's, uh, it's largely, we haven't had big gifts from outside of the church as yet. It's gifts from within us, which when you look at the number of us, It's quite remarkable that the provision that God has given, the generosity, uh, the grace to give that he's given, put amongst us is great. So I just wanted to thank you for being with us as together we go on a a journey of of faith and that's uh, what it is. So uh, the reason we look back and thank God is it gives us uh, faith and uh, confidence for the next phase of the journey. But it's good to just pause and say, well, thank you, Lord. You brought us this far. And because you brought us this far, uh, we're confident that you'll carry on with us in, in the coming year. So we'll, we'll have more in uh, future weeks about, you know, when our next gift day is. And I, I, I'm going to write in the next, I'm not going to commit myself to when I get it done, but in the next little while, <laughs> I'll, I'll be writing a letter which Dan will send out to, to everyone who's given to the building fund. Because uh, as well as thanking you, a lot of people made a two-year commitment, and that's actually two years ago. And so, we we want to give everyone the opportunity to say, uh, I want to say thank you, but to review what they give, if they can still give, if they want to give more, if they want to give less, Uh, because we want to be free and not assume on people's generosity. So, I'll be doing that in the next little while, just to let you um, know. So, it's nothing awful when you get the envelope with a letter from Richard, you're not being told off or anything. Uh, It's it's all good. Anyway, Acts chapter 11, hope we've found that uh, by now. It's good to have a Bible. They'll be on the screen, but it's good to have a Bible. Uh, Acts chapter 11, uh, reading from verse 19 through to 21 or so. Uh, Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, who had been stoned to death, which is the mark of the, the beginning of an outbreak of persecution against this new church, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, And Cyprus, in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the lord uh this story of the the beginning of the church in uh antioch is very very precious to me personally (laughs) wants to be a preacher um very precious to me uh, because in 91 uh, i'd been full-time leading a church for six years or so um but in 91, I was in South Africa and heard someone preaching about this church in Antioch. And it was, it was like I'd never read the Bible. It was one of those, I don't know if you've ever had that. Uh, I've been sort of teethed on a Bible, so I've been reading it since before I could read it. But um, it was as if I'd never read the Bible before and it leapt out. And it, it, it seemed to me as if God was saying to me, that's the kind of thing you should be doing that's the kind of church you should do and so it's captured my imagination ever since and there's tons of things whole, i once preached a whole series on this uh, chapter and the next couple of chapters um but it seemed to me that and then while i was praying we were in a different church in a different part of the country praying about where god wanted us to uh, move next and um a friend of mine went with uh, an elder of the church here and said to him well the thing is Uh, Richard Thomas might pray about whether he should move to Worcester or not. But the thing is, this is the kind of church he wants to to build. One one like the church in Antioch. To which the other guy replied, that's great because we've had this prophecy that we should be building a church a bit like the one in Antioch. Which is part of my story of ending up here really. But the verse I want to focus on uh, this morning, which I hope will be an encouragement to us, is verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So that's the story of really the birth of a church. And uh, it was birthed not by the official church planters, not by the apostles, because the apostles were stuck back in Jerusalem. There'd been a great persecution breakout. And they were, if you like, living undercover because they were the leaders. They were keeping their heads down back in Jerusalem. And everyone else had run for it. It was a bit like pictures you see uh, on the televisions now of people in the Middle East being displaced, except this wasn't through war, it was through persecution. So the early church was scattered, uh, but they were scattered loving Jesus. And they were scattered, uh, you know, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So as they went, they leaked the love for Jesus. And so what happened was exactly the opposite of what the persecutors wanted. The persecutors wanted to close it down, but actually, uh, like a good virus, as it spread around, it went everywhere. It started because, because as they went, they talked about the Jesus that they'd come to love. And this is the story of, of one such. These ordinary people ended up, wasn't part of a strategy other than God's, uh, they ended up in Antioch talking about Jesus. Not with any recognised leadership born out of pressure and difficulty and yet the work of God prospers and that's what happens we could tell stories of it. i met some church leaders from China recently and, and and how when the missionaries all were chucked out of the country and the the persecution came and Christians were scattered they went everywhere and now there's a church of millions and millions of people in China that's what happens that's what happened here and as we start this year you know there'll be We'll have successes, won't we, personally and, and together. We'll have things that go really well, and we'll probably have the odd thing that's slightly like a, you know, a damp banger that goes fut rather than bang. We probably, we probably will, won't we? Because that's sort of life. Well, it, it's mine. I don't know if you leap from tall building to tall building in a single bound with a cape and your pants outside your tights, but most of us don't. Most of us are not like Superman. Most of us have ebbs and flows. Most of us have got strengths and weaknesses. But at the back of everything, what verse 21 teaches us us is this. At the end of everything is a God who is powerful and he will do it. Isn't it? Verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them. And I, I don't know about you, but that's my number one reason for confidence. Uh, my my number one reason for being confident is nothing to do with me i can assure you and those of you who know me know that i i I waver a lot in my confidence in me Uh, i've got confidence in him not not me if you put confidence in me you're in big big doos to put it theologically you're in trouble your confidence is this that God's hand is with us, and he can and will do surprising things. God's hand indicates his ability to reach and to touch the affairs of men and women, and the affairs of churches. That's it, isn't it? Otherwise, we're like the Rotary Club, but we sing songs. (laughs) We're just another group of people. There's the tennis club arguing about which round this should be and how that should be organized There's a rotary club they do a lot of good there's the lion's club there's the businessman's club and there's the slightly religious slightly clappy club no 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 that's not it at all we're entirely different because god is with us because the hand of the lord is with them hudson taylor the great missionary said this all god's giants have been weak people who did great things for god because they reckoned on his being with them That's it. Don't wait to feel strong before you do something. I've spent years doing that, waiting to feel spiritually strong. Not even knowing quite what that meant. You never will do. His power is made perfect in weakness. That's what the Bible says. They reckoned on his being with them. So what's the definition? A rough definition of the hand of God would be this. The imminent, which means close, the imminent, invisible, active presence of God. His hand is with us. He's close, he's imminent. It's invisible, you can't see him. But it's an active presence of God. What does that mean? It's very personal. We're not talking about God being like some divine forklift truck. You know, an impersonal thing. Nor is it Star Wars. The force is with you. Oh, the force is strong. No, it's not like that at all. (laughs) It's not Star Wars. It's not freaky, weird stuff. Can, what, if you want that, watch, go and watch Star Trek. That's fine. It's all good fun, but it's, it's, it's not God. And it's not impersonal like a forklift truck, like lottery numbers. Come, who's going to be blessed? It's always a lottery wheel. That's all impersonal. And, no, no, it's not that. It's the personal hand of a loving father. What does it mean to have the hand of God? If you, if you, if you want to do a Bible study, look at the things Jesus did with his hands. He provided with people. He broke bread and fish and, and it multiplied through the hands of his disciples. He touched, he touched lepers and they were cleansed. He touched dead people and they were raised up. He touched sick people and they, they were healed. He, he loved babies. He welcomed prostitutes, and gave them the opportunity to change their ways. If you, if you want to see what the hand of God being with you is like, look at what Jesus did with his physical hands, the hands of a loving father. In fact, the Bible says no one can snatch you out of his hands, which is a wonderful thing. So it's personal. He's with you, but also it's corporate. Notice here it says the hand of the Lord was with them. There's a corporate thing. We, we're Westerners, so we tend to think in very individualistic ways, don't we? But, but of course, this is actually an Eastern book. And it says here, the hand of the Lord was with them. There's something about a church that walks loving Jesus and loving each other, which means unity, where God is pleased to bless. It's a good and pleasant thing where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, pursuing him and serving others in unity, because he then is with them. He's pleased to bless them. It's a personal, corporate thing. It's also a powerful thing. I mean, there's some people that say, I don't know if you've ever had this, you say, I'll give you a hand with that. And you think to yourself, I'd do it in half the time if you weren't helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever had that? And, and and you know what it's like? Those of you who've got children will know this. That that you know, I'll help you, mummy. You, you ever have that? And you think oh no, <laughs> that's really sweet, that's really sweet, and, and, and you know what it's like with little children, they, they offer to help you, and just when they get to the point when they could really be of use, they're busy, yes! <laughs> You never notice that. they don't want to do it anymore, You think, oh come on, and you have to say, come on, help us, do the hoovering, come on, help us, and you think, God, this is hard work, you've just got useful, and now you're unavailable, but God is not like that. God is personally, corporately with us, and he's powerful. This is the hand, he says, the hand of the Lord. You know, who do you want to help you? If you could choose anyone, who would you pick? I know who I'd pick. I'd pick the ascended, risen, all-powerful Lord Jesus, to whom the Father said, all authority I give unto you. That's the one I want to pick, and that's the one we've got. Isn't that wonderful? The one who's helping us, little old us, small church in a small city, the one who's helping us is the Lord. Isn't that marvelous? He's the one our confidence is in. The hand of the Lord was with them. If you want a sort of motto verse for the year, I found this one. You, you can pick another if you wish. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. It's a great verse. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard with you, for you. That's a lovely verse for the start of the year, isn't it? You've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You know, the same hand is with us. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, the same hand, the same hand that flung stars into space, that formed Orion's belt, that formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the ground, that same hand is with us. That's the grace of God, isn't it? I mean... I know what I'm like. I know what some of you are like. But to think that that God is prepared to have his hand rest upon us, that's the grace of God. It's wonderful. And there's a long uh, theme throughout the Bible of God being with people, his hand being on people. I haven't got time to do the whole Bible study. You can, you can do it yourself. If you look up uh, God with us or God with you or the Lord's hand, you'll see it runs all the way through the Bible, really. Abraham. God was with him. Isaac, Jacob, uh, and Joseph recorded that even those who had no belief, pagans, recognized the hand of God was on him. That's an extraordinary thing. His favor, in, the, in other words, s- the secular world looked on and said, obviously, we don't live in such a God shaped, a- God aware thing. But pagans looked on and said, your God is with you. When they looked at his business life, they looked at his politics and said, hey, the, the favor of God. nowadays I don't know what the western secular world would say about that you're lucky (laughs) there's something about you I don't know how how it would be expressed in our world but that was the case for Joseph Joshua, Samuel, David Moses was told this in Exodus 6 verse 1 because of my mighty hand Pharaoh will let them go It it wasn't Moses and his magic walking stick it was God's hand that liberated an entire nation. It's the same hand who's with us, and it's important to know this isn't. This is not a. Th- although it's a metaphor, God's because God's Spirit, Jesus got a hand because He's made flesh. But it's a metaphor. God's hand is active presence with us. But it's not just a concept. It's not just a theological idea, a teaching, a doctrine. It's it's a reality. God Almighty is with his people. That's why the Bible talks about being born again, about his spirit changing us from the inside out. God resting upon us. There's all sorts of vocabulary used, but it's a vocabulary that express a reality. God is with us. So I've got, um, briefly, six expectations we can have because of the hand of God being with us. Is that all right? So. You know where we're going. You know how near the end it is, that means. It's quite good, isn't it? Oh, good. We're on point five. He's nearly finished. Here's the, f- the first one is we can expect to be rescued. See, not all the people of God, if you look through the Bible, their fortunes went up and down, largely because they got closer to God and further away from God, but their fortunes did go up and down. But, but Exodus 7, verse 4 says. I lay my hand on Egypt to bring out my people. God is well able to influence our circumstances, even those who don't believe in him or know him, in order to rescue us. And there'll be some of us in situations in our lives that think, that's what I need. I I need someone to rescue me. Well, let's look to God. His hand is with us to rescue us, which means to be brought through and out of our circumstances. Doesn't mean everything instantly necessarily just changes. Pow, it's all, all different. No, but he'll be with us to bring us through and out of our difficulties. Rescue. Why? Because God is with us. Here's, here's the second one. Revelation. The hand of God being with us means that God will reveal things to us. Ezekiel, who is a strange man, by the way. I don't know if you've read the book of Ezekiel, but I, I'm not sure he'd pass the membership course. He's, he's a very strange man. He's ch- chopping off hair and putting them up in the air. He's dressing like a convict and laying on one side in front of a clay model of Jerusalem. He's, he would freak you out, believe me. But, but it says, hey, that Ezekiel um, 37 verse 1. What is it? I haven't got it written down. The hand of the Lord was on me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And then what follows on from that is he speaks to him about the restoration of a nation and the dry bones become an army. So Ezekiel got, um, got revelation, not because he was a strange man, but because the hand of God was on him. Revelation comes. In other words, God is a speaking God. He spoke the worlds into being, and he still speaks. So we can expect God to speak to us, primarily and supremely through the word of God and through his son. They're the first ways, but he still speaks. He speaks prophetically, always in line with his son and his word, but he still speaks. We can expect God to speak to us. Spoken to us this morning spoke to some individuals gave words you have to weigh them up is that right is that biblical is that good does that feel good does that sit well with us We have to weigh them up but he still speaks always in line with the word of god and we must expect that and that's not just an old testament concept 1 corinthians 12 verse 7 the bible says to each one talking about when we gather like this to each one a manifestation of the spirit is given for those of you who like, like like a bit of um, showing off, the Greek word is phanerosis, with a P. There you go, thought you'd like that. And what it literally means, the reason I say that is it connects the theme, is it literally means the dancing hand of God. To each one, the dancing hand of, what does that mean? It means that when we gather together to seek him and we're in unity together, God's hand is here. Oh, I'll give give him a desire to go and help that person. Oh, I'll give that one a word of knowledge. Oh, I think, oh, that one's going to pray for that person. I'll give them a gift of healing. That's exciting, isn't it? Because it means that any one of us can be used to do who knows what. So some of us know, oh, well, I've got this gift. I've sort of got it. I can't help teaching. It used to drive my kids mad. (laughs) Every opportunity, I say, oh, it's dad again. That, that's something that i just got but that doesn't mean that i can't then pray for this person and have a gift of healing you might think well I, I help people that's what i do i've got a gift of helps that's great doesn't mean you won't get a prophecy that's sort of exciting doesn't mean that you won't pray for the, somebody in tesco's and see them healed that, see why because the hand of god is with us it's much more exciting than going to meetings I love meetings myself, but it's much more exciting than that when the dancing hand of God is among you. You could do this, you could do that, you could do something different. Thank you, I'll do my best. It's good. Thank you, Bill. So there's rescue, there's revelation, and you don't have to be old and experienced, by the way. You can be young and inexperienced, and God can use you. What about this one? Courage. Some of us need some Courage. Ezra Ezra 7 verse 28 which is in connection with him doing a frightening building project in the middle of a hostile territory he was rebuilding the temple Ezra 7 verse 28 because the hand of the Lord my God was on me I took courage and gathered leaders to go up with me that's an interesting verse because you might think because the hand of God was on, was on me God did it all That would be nice, wouldn't it? Because the hand of God was on me, the walls of Jerusalem just went up as if by magic. No, no, he says, because God's hand was on me, I took courage. There's a cooperative thing there, isn't there? I gathered leaders. So in other words, he learned, Ezra learned to act on the assumption that God was with him. That's good for some of us who are scaredy cats, isn't it? Because because I can assume God is with me, I don't need to be as scared as sometimes I feel I need to be. Because yeah, we've got our feelings and then we've got reality. The feeling is sometimes I get scared. Usually at half past two in the morning in my case. If I wake up. But the truth is, because the hand of God is on me, I can take courage and do things that otherwise I might not do. So there's, 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 there's reckoning on the truth of God's word. Hey, God's hand is with me. Therefore, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to act like that. So often we have choices, don't we? It doesn't feel like it because our feelings overwhelm us. Often, but actually we've got choices. It's the old thing, you know, two men looked from prison bars. One saw mud, the other stars. I can choose to look at my circumstances or I can choose to focus on God. And I'm always making that choice and the decision is this is to act more aware of the presence of god and less aware of my circumstances that shout at me it's not that i ignore them it's not that i pretend that these things aren't happening or that they're not scary it's that i choose to focus more on the fact that god is with me does that make sense that's 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 a choice we'll have this week isn't it it's a choice maybe some of us are sitting here with I'm, I'm gonna i'm scared of this i'm nervous about that depending on our temperament some of us it's like water off a marble slab Others of us have been pre-programmed to be anxious for whatever reason we, that's just the way we are and so it's a battle we fight now i'm going to take courage because the hand of god is with me god is with me doesn't automatically alter all of your circumstances but affects how you live i love the story of jonathan it's very real do you remember he said to david he was in a battle situation and um he said let's let's climb up the hill towards the enemy and he says something like this who knows maybe god is with us i love, I love that don't you it's sort of it's it's taking a decision thinking hmm I'm going to do this. So I think he's with us. Let's see what happens if we climb on the hill. Hey, maybe God's with us. No, he, he, and, and what he found was God was with him. God really was with him. How about this one? Protection. Ezra, it's Ezra again. Ezra 8, 30, verse 31, a bit later in the, in the story. The hand of God was on us and he protected us from our enemies. It's a lovely one. It's not the enemies aren't there, but he protected us. The hand of God was on us. He protected us from our enemies. So Ezra learnt to be more aware of the hand of God than of his enemies. And, and, and the last one, number six, is the one that we read from Acts 11, verse 21. The, hand, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. I, I love that there's a bit there must be a bit missing there mustn't there the lord's hand was with them and they told people about jesus and a great (laughs) it didn't happen sort of automatically. there's a bit missing there but the lord's hand was with them and a great number believed i long for that don't you i just long for that this coming year that we would know the lord with us rescuing us giving us revelation but giving us courage to speak out for him to share our stories with others, knowing his protection and seeing people come to faith. His invisible, intangible, active hand is with you and with us to do all of those things. See, that the key issue is not what we don't have or what we're not. I can't be alone. I think it's hu- human struggle, isn't it, to think I'd like to do that I don't have I'd like to do that but I'm not but that's not the key issue the key issue is not what we don't have and what we're not but who we have with us that's the key issue for the believer who is with me the Lord is with us so so what let me give you just three or probably there really two applications. the first is take courage the first version of this talk said be encouraged but to be you can feel encouraged now, but I want a bit more than that, really. I want, what I want is an active, no, I'm going to take courage. I'm going to take hold of courage. I'm going to take hold of opportunities because the Lord is with me. The second one is, let's not grieve him. It's a marvellous privilege, isn't it, to know that God is with you. It's, it's, the word awesome is overused, isn't it? It's used to, you know... Every juggler, every person on X Factor, every, <laughs> every goal that's scored in the Premier League its all awesome, but it's, it's, it's overused. But this, it really is awesome in the true sense of the word to know that God is with you. But by that, I mean it's, it's a thing of wonder that God Almighty should be with us, that his Holy Spirit would deign to live in us, rest upon us. So let's not grieve him let's let's be sensitive do you remember jesus the dove came on him when he was baptized here's here's a thought i've had is is how how would i live if i don't particularly like birds i like since we got the building i like pigeons less and less but anyway (laughs) uh, uh, but how would how would you walk if you had a dove on your shoulder you would you'd live carefully You'd move gently. You, you'd think, uh, if you had a dove you liked, you'd think, I, I, I don't want. Uh, and the truth is, God is with us. H- how should we live? Well, carefully, confidently, because God is with us. But, but carefully. Let's not grieve Him. It, it, uh, and thirdly, let's. I think it's probably the same point. Let's work out our, our salvation with a sense of awe. The Bible says, w- with fear and trembling. It's not fear as in being scared. It's, it's the same word. It's awe. Let's work out our salvation with a sense of awe because he is at work amongst us. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? So I hope you're encouraged at the start of this year. We should be as we look back and see that God has been faithful and good to us. But let's love him and and let's take hold of courage and uh, live with a sense of, wow, what might God do amongst us? His dancing hand is among us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this recorded story in your word of ordinary people who found out in the middle of a whole load of trouble that you were with them. And we thank you that you have said to us, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Thank you that when we became Christians, it was because you came to us, that we host in a real sense your spirit. Lord, what a privilege that your hand is with us. And I pray for those who need to be rescued, brought through hard circumstances, that they would know your real presence as well as our real love and support. I pray for those who um, would be tempted to give way to fear, that you would help us this year to take courage because you are with us. Thank you that we can reckon on you being with us. I ask you that we would be more aware of you and your presence and favor than we are of anything that opposes us. That we would be conscious of your presence with us. And we ask you that as we live with a sense of awe and wonder, that you would deign to live and walk with us, that you'd also make us fruitful that we would see numbers of people trusting in you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Saviour. Thank you for this story of a great number come to believe. Lord, that that would be uh, the longing of our hearts. But we ask you that you would help us to speak with courage, knowing that you're with us, and that you, because of that relationship, would make us fruitful in this coming year. We pray this in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen.